welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Thank you, Grace. It's good to see more of you today. We met a lot of you in the first service, but it's good to meet more of you. It's such an honor to be here for Catherine and I to come and share with you about the work that God has called us to do in the nation of Japan. And through some of the conversations that we've had, I think we are the first missionaries to the nation of Japan, maybe that you've ever met. Maybe we're some of the first missionaries you've ever heard from. But God has called all of us to go and tell to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people who have never heard. In Japan and Asia Pacific, we call them the never reached. People who from the time that Jesus said, go into all the world until today have never been reached with the gospel. They've never worshiped like we worship today. They've never said Jesus is Lord. Not them, not their parents, not their grandparents, all the way back. Never has the name been praised. And so we're so happy to be able to just just to kind of be here to bring some awareness to the need of the people in Japan and the never reached. I was called when I was a teenager, when I was 12, Catherine at 13. See a lot of younger people here in this service. If you're young, maybe not so young, I want you to know that God has a plan for your life. My parents always told me, they said, Alex, you can be anything that you want to be. No, they didn't say that. Because they knew I wasn't going to be a quarterback for the Buckeyes because I'm from Ohio. So, but, sorry, but, you know, but they said, Alex, you can be anything that God wants you to be. And if you're a parent here today, encourage your children in that. Sometimes as parents, we have plans for our kids. And when we hear what God is doing in their life, sometimes it gets a little scary. Please do not be a hindrance for God's best in your child's life, in your student's life. God wants to do so much more than we could ever imagine. So God sent us off in 2006, and we went to Japan, reaching the never reached, working with a church there called Tokyo City Church. And the Japanese are wonderful people. Oh, we love them so much, so kind, such a great culture, interesting place to live. But less than 1% know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Buddhism is not a, not a, a belief system of peace and light. It is darkness, believe me. And Shinto, the folk religion that is commonly practiced there, binds people in fear. But Jesus Christ is bringing life to the never reached. And Catherine's just going to share about some stories of reaching people one at a time who have been set free and brought to the love of Jesus Christ. So our little girls, they're 10 and 7 years old. And when, they, when the oldest was about 3, we put them into preschool. And preschool in Japan is three years long. So all the way from three years old to age six, it takes kindergarten as well. So before we had our kids, I was used to being in church and language school and out in Tokyo. And then these little kids brought me back to the little city that we live in. Four square miles of 80,000 people, little, little teeny tiny city right outside of Tokyo. And I realized when I started staying there every day, I don't know anybody. And nobody will talk to me either. Mostly because I'm really scary to look at. I'm scary because I'm tall in Japan. I'm quite average in America. And I'm scary because I look Western. 
Because if I look Western, that must mean that I don't speak Japanese. So even when I would go up to people and say, hey, look at your kid, isn't it cute? You know, like on the, in the parks and grocery stores and stuff. People would still get, ooh, what do I say to her? Because I don't know the English. And so I had a hard time making relationships until about preschool. And in preschool, about 100 families. And being there and, and people realizing, oh, I can talk to her. Mama's coming up to me after months and months of knowing them, finally. And they would say, you know, I've seen you for years. And I've never talked to you because I was too afraid. I was afraid that my English wasn't good enough and that, we, and that I would mess it up. But here you are. You speak Japanese. And, and I always look at them saying, look at that. We could have been friends so much sooner. But people have this idea about me that I can't speak Japanese, and now they understand that I do. And so Alex said, did you say less than 1% of Japan knows Jesus as their Savior? So if you have 100 families in a preschool, I'm it. I'm the Christian. And so sometimes we get into these really great conversations because every day I would get my girls, and for every day we would speak to each other for an hour. And, and a lot of those Times talking is just the fun stuff, like the ramen that we ate or, you know, the silly things that our kids did. And then you get the really great questions like, what? Wait a minute. What is Easter? You've never heard about Easter before? You're a grown adult and you've never heard what Easter is? And then that moment where I'm thinking, yes, Lord, finally, I get to have a conversation about who you are. Like, one minute into the story, I start realizing that I can't start with Jesus Christ on the, on the cross because they don't even know who Jesus is. So I backtrack, and then I talk, start talking about God, but they don't know about that God because they believe in many gods, the God in the tree and in the, in the Mount Fuji and in the ocean. And so I realize I have to backtrack it all the way to Genesis, and I'm realizing, wow, at that moment, this is more than a 20-minute conversation. This is a lifetime of conversation that I'm having where people come to me and ask me questions and I get to tell them the truth. So Faiza is one of those conversations. Faiza does not sound like a Japanese name because Faiza is not Japanese. She's married to a Japanese man named Hiro, but Faiza is from Pakistan. And in Pakistan, she told me that she grew up in Lahore, Pakistan as a Catholic believer in a Catholic community. And at first I was like, what? There are Catholics in Pakistan? So she said it was true. And then later on, I looked it up in Wikipedia and Wikipedia said it was true too. So, you know, if Faiza and Wikipedia say it's true, then it must be true. So Faiza, she met and married Hero in Lahore when he came because he works for Honda, is that how you say it in English? Honda, Honda. And she had told me, she said, when I first met her, she said, I was born and raised a Catholic, but I do not want to be a Christian. Because just her very surname denotes that she is a Christ follower in Pakistan. And so without even knowing her, people persecuted her because she had the label of Christian. So when she finally got out of that place, Pakistan, into Japan, she said, I can be whatever I want to be, and nobody will know, and nobody will persecute me. And then she moved in with mama-in-law. And mama-in-law didn't really like her. She doesn't speak Japanese. They can't communicate. And to be honest with you, mama-in-law didn't really like me either when they, we met. Um, I think she likes me now. That was like eight years ago. But anyway, 
I don't know. Anyway, Faiza, who has scripture in her heart, but not Jesus in her heart, she would come to me when she found out, oh, you're a pastor. Okay, my head hurts. Will you pray for me? And I would pray for her, and she would come back to me and say, you know what? It doesn't hurt anymore. And then she'd say, me and Hero, we're fighting. We're using that big old D word. And we would pray. Or like, mama-in-law is really being really mean and nasty to me. I need, I need something. And I said, well, let's pray. So after months and months and months of her coming to me with her problems and anxiety, she finally decided on her own, without any provoking from me, I am ready to be a Christ follower. And she made that decision. Months later, she says, I'm ready to go to church. I want to go to your church. And Hero brought her to church. And I said, Hero, why are you here? And he said, because Fiza's different. And I want to know why she's different. It wasn't just Hero who said that she was different. All of our mama friends at preschool are coming to me and saying, Fiza is different. The anxiety that she comes to us with every day is not there anymore. And what is this Jesus thing that she keeps talking about? So they start coming to church, and within, in the next couple years, Fiza says, I'm ready to be baptized. So, of course, she doesn't go alone. She takes her brother-in-law and sister and her daughter with her. And, and before that happened, Hero on his own, he said, I'm ready to be a Christ follower too. Six months later, after Fiza got baptized, he was finally able to say, I'm ready. I'm going to be baptized too. But as wonderful as the story of Fiza and Hero is, they're actually not the point of my story. They have two little girls. One is 13 years old. Her name is Anju, A-N-J-U. I'm spelling it because you're going to ask me about it. That's why I'm spelling it. Anju, who has observed her parents' life for 13 years, about a year ago, she came up to me and she said, Pastor, I know that God has called me to be a pastor. Now, here's the thing about this little girl named Anju, A-N-J-U. She speaks the language of her father, Japanese. And she speaks the language of her mother, Punjabi. And maybe somebody has more wisdom on this than I do, but for Faiza and Anju, Punjabi is not just Punjabi because they also watch Bollywood. And if you know anything about Bollywood, you're going to deal with Hindi in there. And there's something about Hindi and Urdu that are connected as well. So we have a little girl who speaks Punjabi and can understand Hindi and Urdu. But Anju also speaks my language, English. So here we have a little girl who's 13 years old who knows that she is called by God and already has built into her languages that I, and, and abilities that I, as a 40-year-old woman, could only dream of. And now that I've told you this story, I've made you a part of it. Your part is to pray for Anju. That's why you want to know how to spell it, because people usually come up to me and say, how do you spell her name? So Anju. Your part is to help pray for her, that nothing would get in her way of becoming the pastor that God wants her to become and touch the lives of people who I couldn't even begin to think of communicating with because of 
my own not as smart as this little girl is. You're a part of that. And that's why we come today to talk about the never reached, not just the never reached in Japan, but the never reached in Asia Pacific. The difference between them and those of you who are sitting here in this, this sanctuary today is access. They have no access and they have never heard the name of Jesus before ever. So if you would show our video, thank you. There is a sound. Can you hear it? It searches, searches for those that will listen. Drifting, distant, desperate. It whispers in the ears of those that believe. It shouts in the streets, straining to be heard through the overwhelming noise. Can you hear us? The collective cry of fallen humanity, devoid of a savior. Centuries have passed without hope. We live here, hidden in the far away places. Our lands, strange. Our culture, a mystery. Our hearts, empty. Our people cling to anything that resembles truth. But what we seek remains out of reach. Our brutal spirits on the edge of the breaking. Our prayers unanswered. Our gods stay silent. We are the never reached. We are still waiting. We hear a sound. It echoes in our ears. It wakes us in our sleep. A voice in the wilderness. A message 2,000 years old. A final command. Go. A simple but profound directive from a saving God. With our victory assured, we journey to the ends of the earth. We climb mountains, trekked through jungles, landed on forgotten islands, searching. Many have received, but far too many still remain. Too many haven't heard. Too many don't know. This unfinished task is our urgent kingdom mission. Chosen. Seen. Heard. Called. Can you hear them? Nations. Cities. Tribes. People. They are the never reached. They've waited long enough. There is a sound. Can you hear it? The never reached have waited long enough. And I'm so thankful that God called us and that we have responded to that call to go. But we need everyone's help. That's why this last three words are pray, give, join. Pray, give, join. Because the call to go to reach the never reached is for everyone here. And so we would ask that you would pray for us and with us. We have prayer cards on our table. Feel free to grab one, the table out in the foyer there. Just grab one and keep us in prayer. Remember our family. Remember Anju. Remember those that God has, is using us to touch. Please grab a never reached brochure. Sometimes when people say, hey, pray for me, we don't always know how to pray or what to pray for. This has some great prayer points, some information that can help you in praying for people in different countries in Asia Pacific. If you have a child, grab one of these. These are great. Adventures in Asia Pacific are great to walk through with your kids. 
um, grandkids, anyone. It just helps them to begin to think about uh, reaching the never reach. So prayer is so important. Giving is so important. We always leave that up to the lead, the lead pastors. And even in the first service, pastor said, he said, Chris is going to be here later. She's going to have the checkbook so we can give him the offering. So I'm so glad you made it. And just so you know, thousand is spelled T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D. And just in case anybody wants to know. But, um, but that's something we leave for the pastors. And we believe in giving. Even Catherine and I, we support missionaries in different parts of the world personally because even though we can't go to those nations, we know that God is working and using people to change lives. And you can join with us. If you feel God calling you to step out of your place in life right now, doesn't matter your age or your background or your situation in life, if you feel God is calling you to step out and to come to Japan or Asia Pacific or another part of the world, come and talk to us. We want to talk to you, start a conversation about how you can join in the work that God is doing around the world. Well, Pastor shared with you the book Double Blessing. I encourage you to read it. And when you're finished with it, then you can grab the Go Devotional. This is a great devotional, $10 on Amazon. If you want a hard copy, you can get digital versions on Amazon Kindle and on uh, the Kindle store and on iBooks. But this is a great devotional, helping people to know how to reach the never reached, talking about going to people that have never heard. And I just want to share briefly, uh, just kind of encouragement, a word of encouragement that's, that's gleaned out of this devotion. It comes from Matthew 28. Matthew 28 is the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, of the women, the Marys coming to the tomb. Let me just read to you Matthew 28, 1 to 7. This is verses 1 to 7. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So here's this story that maybe you've heard if you've been in church for any amount of time. The resurrection season, we, we go over this a lot. Jesus is alive. The women come. Notice here the angel, the very first thing, the angel, the angel gives an invitation. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus. You say, I'm not a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm just here because it's the New Year's break. It's the Christmas break and I have to be here. Everything started with an invitation. The angel said, come and see to the women. The women could not go and tell about Jesus until they had first looked into the tomb and seen that Jesus is alive. And there's some people here that you need to first come and see. You need to walk up to the tomb and see that Jesus is real, see that Jesus will change your life, to see that Jesus is not a dead founder of some old religion, that he is alive and he is the king of kings. And if that's you today, I want you to come and talk to me afterwards. Come and talk to Pastor Paul or any of the others and just say, I want to know what it means to follow Jesus. I want that resurrection life in me. Because when we see that the tomb is empty and we see that Jesus is alive, it changes everything. And for the women, when they, they saw that, they see that he's not there, there's an angel. 
That began to change everything. And the angel then said, go quickly and tell. For Catherine and I, We've been there for 13 years. We go back next June and we are excited to go back. We are going quickly. We, we wish we could be there yesterday, except for we're happy to be here today, so we wanna be here today. And then we'll go tomorrow. But, you know, go quickly in the, that Greek doesn't mean just go speedily, fastly. It means with intention. When God sends us to go to places, to Japan or to across the street or across the cubicle, When God says go quickly, it means with intention, with a purpose, the purpose to tell. We love Japan. I love ramen. There's all kinds of wonderful things in Japan, but we don't go there to eat food and to hang out with Japanese people. We go to tell. It's about telling about Jesus. We have seen the tomb is empty, and if we just stand around and say, isn't that wonderful? That's so great. Thank you, Jesus. I'm good. We've missed it because that that joy fills us with a desire to go and tell. And so it sends us out to talk to people like Faiza, to talk to people like Hero, to talk to many people. And we're so thankful for that opportunity. But God has called each of you here and saying, go quickly. Whether that's going by sending or whether that's going by getting up and talking to people, people that God is leading you to, right in your neighborhood, right in your school, right in your workplace, saying, go, go quickly, go tell. And the last thing that the angel points out here, he says, tell these disciples, it's interesting that the first missionaries are two women, but he sends them off, guy says, go, because the guys are hiding. And he says, go tell those disciples to go to Galilee because Jesus has gone before them and is there already. And I think that's exciting because I think that speaks to each of us In this case, the disciples were supposed to go to Galilee and Jesus would be waiting for them. But even in our lives, whenever God has called us to go, we can know that Jesus has gone before us, that the spirit of God has already gone before us and begin to work. One of the amazing things about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and that's why missions is so important to what we, you know, a part, part of our churches of grace and other churches is that everything we do is powered by the Spirit. The Spirit lays the groundwork and goes before us. The work of the Spirit is to convict our hearts and to lead people to glorify Jesus as Lord. And so we don't do anything in ourselves. We had to learn Japanese. We're still learning how to share the gospel with people from a Buddhist background. That's part of what we have to do, but it doesn't rest on our ability. You to share the gospel, to share Jesus with other people, doesn't matter how smooth of a talker you are. It doesn't matter what kind of education you have. We need to know that Jesus has gone before us and has already begun to work in lives in people's lives. When we arrived in 2006, I was 28. God led us to that little town that Catherine talked about, four square miles with 80,000 people. God led us there, and it was truly, we really felt that God put us right in that place. And then we found out, long story, we told my mom about it, come to find out when I was 16, it had been prophesied that we were going to end up in that town. It's a, it's a long story, and it's, that, that sounds really, you're like, huh? But it, no, believe me, God had gone before us, even before we knew it, where we would even live Because the Lord had plans for lives to be changed. Not plans for us to be great or anything like that, but so that Faisa could hear, so that Hero could hear. And praise God, if all 13 years, if it was all for Anju, then praise God, so that Anju could know the Lord and be called to the work that he has planned. 
So God has gone before us. And that, I hope, is an encouragement to you. That sometimes it can be scary to say, ah, I gotta, God wants me to go talk to this person. It's okay. He's gone before you. The groundwork has been laid. If the Lord opens an opportunity for us to share, then we go. I told the first service and I shared again, God opens up opportunities and has gone before us in ways that we don't even understand. In some ways, it might even be frightening. We have a lady in our church. She's been there for about 11 years and her husband was never around. And I was wondering if she was even married. Come to find out he'd been in prison. It's hard to come to church when you're in prison. But uh, he got out after 11 years and he came to church for the first time. And he sat in the back, arms crossed, and just stared and listened. And um, his name translates to Stone Mountain. So if you, you can pray for Mr. Stone Mountain, that would be, I, I would appreciate that. Pray for Anju, pray for Mr. Stone Mountain. He sat there in the back and I went up and greeted him. Oh yeah, all good, it's good to meet you. And I didn't say, it's good. Hey, you glad you're out, man. I didn't say that. I just said, it's uh, good to meet you. And you know, we, we talked a little. The next week he was there, sitting in the back. Then the next week, and the next week, and the next week. Months went by and he would just listen. And sometimes he would ask questions to me. He would ask questions to his wife. One Sunday, this February of this year, after service, his wife came up to me and said, Pastor, my husband's ready. Would you, would, you, would you pray with him? Let's pray. And I said, yes. So we sat down and I talked with him, made sure he understood what it meant to surrender his life to Jesus Christ, to receive the, the, the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. And he understood and we prayed and praise God. Mr. Stone Mountain gave his life to Jesus. Problem is, he's still a part of the Japanese mafia. He's still in the Japanese mafia. These are people that I never expected to be in that situation, but God had gone before us and began to lay groundwork to see that people would be set free. And that, I hope, is an encouragement to you. That when God calls us to go, we know that he's called us to go quickly and to tell. And that God has gone before us in everything that we do. And so while we return to Japan next year, next, uh, next June, it's hard to say next year, it's like five days away, but in June of next year, we're really excited to get back there. We're looking forward to continuing the ministry we do, but also starting a team-based training platform. If you'd pray for that as well, we wanna see the number of missionaries increase in Japan. We have been called to the never reach there, but we can't do it, just the two of us. There's so many more that need to be trained that need to get a burden for Japan. And so please pray that God will send people that will say, I'll give three months, six months, a year, because I believe once they get there and their heart gets, you know, they get, they get excited about reaching the Japanese, they'll be there for a lifetime. The call will come. But if you would pray for us, I would really appreciate it. And please remember that it's not just the work that we do. It's the work that God has called you to do. The call for, to go, to go quickly, to go tell, is not just for missionaries. It's for each one of us whether it's across the world or across the street. So can I pray with you as we close and then I'm gonna turn it back over to Pastor Paul. Lord, I thank you so much for this church. Lord, I thank you for grace in each person here. Lord, I thank you that you've given us the call to go. Lord, you led these women. You encouraged them, Lord. And I pray that each person here would be ready to go quickly and to tell. Lord, use them for your glory and let them know that you've gone before them. Lord, I thank you so much. And I pray that you would use us as we go back to Japan. I pray that the, the members here, the people in this church would remember Anju, that they'd remember Mr. Stone Mountain, that they'd remember the work that you've called us to and pray, pray for us as we go. In your mighty name, Lord Jesus, amen.
Thank you so much, church. Thank you, Pastor.